Troubled listeners, welcome back inside the Feral Zone. Operating under cover of darkness, I am Renee Komen, sitting in a hotel lobby somewhere in the, the uh, midsection of the, of the country here with my bandmate, Mr. Joe Cabral. Hey, Renee. And uh, our drummer, Doug Garrison. Hello. From the Iguanas, Joe being a saxophone player, singer, uh, bajo sexto player, uh, one of the founders of the Iguanas, uh, hired me for this great organization many decades ago. Uh, Doug Garrison being uh, our, our drummer since 1993, but uh, our earliest association actually goes back to our days uh, uh, playing with Alex Chilton back uh, in, in 1984. First. Uh, encountered Doug as Alex and I were uh, were cruising around the the art museum, seeing the uh, the the great photographs of William Eggleston. He'd been commissioned by uh, uh, Esquire magazine to photograph Graceland, and there he was the the show, and uh, they had uh, the finest Newburn trio there playing at the at the reception. And uh, we're listening to the band, and I said, Alex, listen how good that drummer is, man. We should go talk to him on the break. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he does play good. And uh, I think we walked up to you, and we said, uh, hey, and we introduced ourselves. And, man, you guys sound terrific. Yeah, you play great, man. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, you want to hire me? And, and, he, and, and he actually, I think maybe at that time, you, you said uh, that you had played some jobs with Alex's father with, with in, a, in a big band uh, some years before that. But uh, and we said, oh, wow, man. Hey, you want to come out on the road and make no money and have a lot of fun? And he said, uh, yeah, that sounds good. That's right. The great Sidney Chilton on piano. Okay. Right on. Right on. And uh, we're out here. Uh, this is, you know, a lot of people have, have asked me, well, you know, have you had the iguanas on? And I say, well, I, I have not. Um, I mean, Doug appeared on, a, on a, an, an early episode where we, uh, we reminisced about being in Alex's band. Um, but it, we, Doug was not a guest as, as such. Right. And, uh, you know, people would say, you need to talk into the microphone. Um, but uh, so, so, so while, you, while you're eating, with it, man. while you're so eating first some, someone eating a piece of chocolate while, while they're doing a first? podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. People well, you okay. usually don't let people eat. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I promise so not to get any on the mic. It's, that's right. That's right. Don't get, don't get your uh, chocolate in my peanut butter. That's right. You know, that's <laughs> one of our sayings, but, uh, which kind of goes to your point about what you're about to say about having the iguanas on or why have oh yeah 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 well i i say well you know i i, I don't have anybody in my family on i don't i've, I've made a policy of not having and and you know, the iguanas are, are like my family so yes. you know it's uh and you know especially in the when it first started off the beginning i didn't want to have like all the low-hanging fruit, you know, because right. it, it same material seemed we, too, you, too, you know, too dinky, you know. I needed, to, I needed to, but you wanted but, to swing for the stand, for, but, the, for the, uh, the fences, for the fences, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, 
But you know, now that I'm uh, close to 200 episodes in, and, and even have this, the, uh, the you know, I, I skipped over my my explanation of the what this is, the Feral Zone. You know, this right. is the Go the ahead. Feral Zone is, is kind of a sister podcast to the uh, the Troubled Men podcast, and uh, you know, it'll appear in this space from time to time. Uh, it has many things in common with the uh, Troubled Men podcast, but uh, some not everything is the same. And one of the things that's different is uh, we're able to take it out on the road here because right. uh, it's you can uh, work remotely wor- well yes but i mean you know it's since it's it's a, a solo podcast uh, oh, yes. you know i right. can we we get to kind of put it together ad hoc right uh you know from from uh, show to show sure and uh here we're out on the this tour uh for about two weeks here this is the middle of it uh mm-hmm. that we came out for the the first time since august uh, yes. like since covid happened we 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 didn't tour that whole, you know, 18 months. Then we yeah. had a little window. We went out in August. Yeah, it's just a little brief blip. And, uh, and, and here we are again. And we were all shoulder to shoulder with the crowds yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. And everything seemed fine. And then on the way home, it seemed less fine. You did. To where, to where when we finally got home, my wife said, uh, I think you should sleep on the couch until you get, get a COVID test. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. And actually the following week, I did. Wasn't it? No, no, no. I didn't test positive. No, no, no. no. Was that, that was that was, that was that months was later. Months yeah, later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, and none of us got got no, got no. infected on, on that on that no. trip, and uh, everything was fine. And then uh, you know, then obviously things got got a little dicey again. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't do any more touring. But then we had this uh, this other tour scheduled for for uh, uh, January. Right. This was the brainchild of our our our. Uh, our our, our booking agent, our booking agent. Uh, yes, Mongrel Music, Brad yes, Madison. Brad Madison, Mad Bradison. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's a mad uh, genius. Yes, and, indeed. And uh, he brought this idea, it idea to us uh, of yeah. of having this uh, this kind of co-bill tour with another one of his artists, and I will introduce him now. He's uh, he's a terrific uh, songwriter, singer, guitar player, a poet. Uh, he's a, he operates in uh, you know the. The genres of uh, like Americana, blues, rock and roll, uh, a, a great, great songwriter. And uh, uh, so without further ado, I'll introduce him, the great Mr. Kevin Gordon. Welcome, Kevin. Uh, thank you, Renee. Yeah, 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 great, yeah. Great to be here with you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, man. So, so this tour was originally scheduled for January. And uh, then, you know, the COVID numbers started going back up again. And it was like a, a, a week before the tour. And we thought, man... I don't see how this how this plays out. I and don't see did, that this indeed it didn't. Is, no, at so that time. Yeah. right. So we, we we pulled the plug and and you know uh, rescheduled for uh, now. It's uh, we started uh, last week, the end of of March, March. Uh, beginning of April, and uh, and so we're doing it out here. So we we uh, we. We we uh, you know had all all Kevin songs. We we got to oh. dig into this this terrific catalog of his. And then oh, just barely scratching the surface, I got a feeling. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin's yeah. got like uh, like what do you have like eight solo records out or something like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And then another one in the can. I understand that's uh, it's just yeah. about to come out. Or well, it's we're about halfway done. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Cool. With uh, a band. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I had to delay. Well, we don't want to talk about surgery. Uh, let's not. Okay. Let's just not talk not about yet. surgery. You know, maybe, maybe it comes sure, up a yeah, little some, bit later. Some but brain just, yeah. salad surgery. <laughs> right. Uh, I had to have a procedure done that allowed me to continue recording vocals that were worth 
bookkeeping. Okay. Mm. All right. We'll just leave it at that. Sure, okay. sure. We, right. we all have to have procedures from time to time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, th- thank God they, they have those procedures that are available That's to us. That's right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, modern you know, medicine. Modern medicine. It's crazy, man. Medicine. You know, postmodern medicine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. The wordplay again. You know, you can tell someone that's uh, that has that kind of uh, that kind of uh, writing training. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, something that that cropped right up when. Well, it, it's there's so many things I could jump around in, but you know, we're we're talking about uh, we're, we're, uh, th- this tour. We've been out here. Uh, uh, Backing you up on a set of your songs, Kevin, and uh, you know you you have a, a very cool uh, style of playing, a, a kind of electric country blues guitar style, um, and and uh, you know great singer and great songs, uh, the you know very uh, poignant uh, stories and tales, little slices of Americana. That you uh, that you that you dig into. You're a guy who who does a lot of solo work, and you're right. out there. And and you were telling me you'll go out uh, like doing uh, dates with uh, with our old buddy uh, Todd Snyder, oh, uh, yes. a Scott. former former label mate. Right. And uh, you know he's a, a friend of yours, so y'all mm-hmm. have each other's company. But if you go out as a solo artist, it's not like a like a band. Like you know the Iguanas are a band. You right. know, and and people will say like. Uh, like Hall and Oates, you know, it's like, what does he have like that Oates guy for? You know, why does Daryl Hall have that 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 Oates guy? It's like, right, cause, yeah. so we won't be alone, man. You know, yes, he's, yes. he's company. He's uh-huh. like somebody that he trusts that he can Absolutely. talk to. He can, you know, <laughs> uh, bounce ideas off of. You know, yeah, he's man. he's he's not. It's like Tom Petty. You know, Tom Petty. Loved being in a band. Tom Petty didn't need a band. He, no. you know, right? Yeah. He liked being in a band. Yeah, <laughs> you he know? Liked, yeah, he did. He did. And uh, so, you know, the iguanas have that band thing. We've been together forever, and uh, and then we meet you and we bring you into the fold, Kevin. Because yes. uh, you know, I, I am honored. Well, you know, we don't do it for everyone. And I was I was commenting last night that it's a good thing we really like your material because if we were out here with somebody whose who's shit we didn't yeah. dig, it would really suck. Yeah, I almost, I almost <laughs> fell down when you said that last night. I was like, damn, you are so right, man. Because, <laughs> you know? I mean, it is work. It's it's more work than we than we normally have to do Absolutely. coming out here. You know, yeah, we're playing a set of... Uh, of then, yeah. But it, it's it's great doing it, man. It's, oh, it's been so yeah. much fun. It's... Yeah, the yes. material makes it really worth it. Well, because at the end of the day, you go, "Wow, that was a good set of somebody else's music that we were able to play w- oh, with them and make it sound good. They sounded great. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun stuff to play, especially for the drummer. Oh, yeah, said the drummer. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, w- yeah. Well, uh, well, you know, it's it's you utilize a lot of the the musical vocabulary that we're all familiar with you know i think that was brad's uh you know that was his inspiration as he thought you know maybe he heard the the will sexton record that we did you know that we backed up will on he thought "Mm, yeah okay yeah that's uh you know yeah this i think the iguanas would work really good with kevin exactly cool and and he was right he was right yeah and well so kevin this the style that you have i know you're from uh west monroe louisiana well actually just monroe oh okay because that's uh someone got very uh, clever with the you know, tell, tell mean, me about is, that why does it say west thing, monroe whoever that to, uh, guy that person was that wrote the initial bio on the all music mm. site so if that's you're where from, that came if from if you're from monroe 
or someone from Monroe, would they be saying, oh, I'm from East, I'm from West Monroe, I'm from South, blah, blah, blah? Well, if you are from Monroe, you are most definitely not from West Monroe. Okay. It, it, they are two separate realities. Oh, really? Well, tell us okay. about that. Yes, right. well, well, you know. So uh, it is a thing. Is well, it's saying. a thing, but is it real or is it perceived i you know i don't know okay i mean there's a river there's a washita river running between the two towns okay. okay so there actually was it a town before it like was west monroe a town you know and monroe town that's a good time? question i well, don't know the reason I'm, I'm kind of digging in on this point is that i'm from south omaha oh right right and it's like omaha is like well they don't say east omaha they don't talk yeah. about they don't talk about Northwest Omaha. They talk about South Omaha as right. a place. So that's why I was kind of wondering. And, Similar thing. Oh, and, and South Omaha actually existed simultaneously with Omaha, and then they became incorporated. So maybe West Monroe is similar, huh? Yeah. You know, Ish. Monroe is the larger of the two communities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the wealthier of the two communities overall although okay, so you're showing off now all right well no i just mean <laughs> you're big time in west monroe okay i, I get it in, 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 in an overall sense you know sure sure mm -hmm. uh, well you know doug garrison <laughs> is, is actually from, from west Ar west memphis arkansas oh he's, uh, yeah there, I mean, we, there you go originally yeah for, originally for a few years and don't they say monroe if you're from, monroe. From monroe rhymes with funroe <laughs> yeah funroe baby yeah, Louisiana towns and they're they're similar. Like uh, they had Lafayette. You can't have Lafayette without the laugh. And now I've uh, learned about Funroe and Monroe. Funroe. Okay. Wow. Well, you know Funroe. I've always seen that as you know, kind of ironic. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Facetious. Although you know people there have as much fun, you know, as people in South Louisiana. I would argue they just believe in covering it all up. It, it's that Protestant sort of like, sure. let's hide all this because we have sinned. We have had our fun, but we have sinned. Uh -huh. yes. Now we must pray for our redemption, which that's beginning to sound Catholic. But um, anyway, there's right. a, there's, it's the Jerry Lee thing. It's like heaven and hell and, you know. Right, We're right. just all confused and half sure. drunk most of the time. Okay. Do you have some other association with uh, with Shreveport? Did you live in Shreveport or go to school in Shreveport or something? Or I was born in Shreveport. Okay. Wow. And uh, spent part of my growing up there. Okay. Um, although from you know about age twelve through college, I was pretty much in in Monroe, Monroe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh, it's very different. Like Shreveport is. Uh, I played up there with uh, with uh, Papa Molly, who's uh, from yeah. Shreveport. Right. And uh, I realized I haven't really been there. Maybe that's the only time I ever stayed in Shreveport. But I noticed that they uh, they root for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. There yes. In Shreveport. Yes. It's not, it's, a, it's not a Saints town. Right. Yeah. No. It's well. It's closer to Dallas. Closer to Dallas. So, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah. They. Yeah. I think. I think. You know, there's that desire to sort of be one with with Dallas. Okay. Uh, I don't really understand that. Nothing against the Dallasians who might be listening. The Dallasians. Dallasians. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. Well, I, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, I just you know, tearing apart this language. I've recently recently played in Thibodeau, and they told me that they are known as Tibodians. Wow. Tibodians. 
Cambodians. I haven't heard Rhymes of that with one. Cambodians. Yeah. Sort of. Okay, sure, sure. Hmm. Not going anywhere with that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, not not everything is a rich thing. Mike, that was a mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. Those are your yeah, let's, let's not do that the, again. To the Foley artists. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, can, you, yeah. can you edit this that? A, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is, uh, this is all, all my equipment. Sold. Not, not borrowed. Um, uh so, so you 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 grow up in in Monroe, and now I know a little bit about you from uh, like one of your songs. You have a, a lot of your songs are you know reality based. You have this one song, uh, Colfax, right? Uh, uh, and and you you it's a whole story about you being in the marching band, right? Uh, now it's funny because you during the song you mention a bunch of songs that you played in the marching band. And one of them is, uh, well, you mentioned Sir Duke, and you men- mentioned uh, Jungle Boogie. Yeah. And I played in a band, in a school band. We didn't march. This was in, uh, I mean, we played that song right when it came out. Uh, our band cool. director was Walter Payton. Oh, And uh, the great yeah. bass player, tuba player, Walter cool. Payton, oh, uh, Nicholas Payton's father. Um, but uh, he, was, he was the band director at, uh, at uh, Rosenwald uh, Middle School on the West Bank. So yeah. And uh, and and we we did Jungle Boogie. Yeah. And talk about a hit, man. Yeah. Those kids, those trumpet players, yeah. n- came in knowing that lick. Right. It was you know it was they they had already been playing it at their house. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> you know? oh, oh, yeah. They didn't need any music for that stuff. No way. But yeah. uh, it was it was such a such a great call on his part. And it's funny, like when you mentioned that, I didn't even know what your age was, but I thought I bet Kevin is exactly my age, you know. Yeah. And it turns out you are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. You know, I, I have uh, eternal uh, sympathies for, for our band director, uh, uh, who's now Dr. Manyfield. You know, he's African-American band director teaching at an all-white school. And it was a bunch of suburban kids, pretty much, who were, like, clueless, you know. Uh, had to learn those licks right, to right, uh, right. Jungle Boogie, you know. And you were a trumpet player, right? Yes, okay. I was. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, my, my dad had played trumpet uh, in high school at Woodlawn High School in Shreveport, so I just used his horn. Okay. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. You still have it? No, I, he asked for it back. Oh, that's cool. So I gave it back to him because right I wasn't playing anymore. I used my dad's snare drum in high school. Nice. Wow. Oh yeah, and, and it's not, not too long ago you were showing me like a method book of or, of his or something that that was like from the twenties. Yeah, it was a catalog. A catalog, a catalog oh. where you could buy a bass drum pedal for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like yeah. like really old catalog, yeah. right from the thirties or something. Yeah, forties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's funny. Man. But uh, and uh, Joe Cabral was in the was in the the school band as well. I absolutely was. And, and you were you were a drum major, weren't were you not? In college, I was. In, I, oh, I was in a college, dr- I really? was in the okay. drum cool part of the thing because I was like, I am not marching with a saxophone anymore. I did that when I was in junior high school and high school. Right. Well, actually, in high school, our high school didn't have a marching band, so I went through junior high to till ninth grade, and then in junior high, I marched, and that was with um, our 
Bob, our uh, uh, band director was Robert Marr, Bob Marr. He was a good guy. I learned a lot from that guy. And then in ninth grade, I went to a different type of a school that didn't have a band program. More of a reform school type deal? Well, I don't want to go into that. Sure, sure, but, sure. Just like the procedure. It yeah, did get me started on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Good. Um, it got me started on another thing because there was uh, they were doing plays. So they that's how I became a bass player because they were like, don't you, don't you play bass? And I was like, yeah. And they said, great, we're doing Jesus Christ Superstar. Learn that. And I was like, wow. That was a first. And I was so, um, I was amazed. You know, I was like, all these groovy things. I was like, oh, I can, I know, I can do that. Yeah. So, but then I went to college and became, I was like, I'm not going to play saxophone ever again in a marching band. F that. That is not something that I want to do. And so I was like, I'll play drums. And they were like, yeah, we need a drummer. So I got the the, tr- the three toms, the tri-tom thing, mm-hmm. and I was fucking marching around with that. Boom, boom. I was like, yeah, yeah. And the guy was really into very martial, military kind of stuff. And I was like, man, can we make this kind of funky? Like I was trying to show the bass players. The, and I was like, let's make these beats up. And we were making beats. And they were like, the guy was like, man... No, that's not cool, man. We need to call, you know, all this rudimentary stuff. And I was like, I'm not a drummer. That doesn't, I, I just want to get, you know, let's make people dance. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And that's, that, that, that didn't, you know, a couple of years of that, and then that was enough. Okay. Yeah. The marching with the saxophone thing, that was how I became the drum major right. in and my school saxophone. band. Because yes. I was, a, I was a, an alto player and, in school. And you were, did you and, say no more? And 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 the the first year, I marched in all those fucking parades with the horn in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it was cold. Oh, and the worst. Like, I, I didn't like putting the horn in my mouth. Mouth yeah. anyway. I, I still don't. Was, yeah, I thought there was. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Plus, have you ever listened to the saxophone? If you're not, a, if you're on the receiving end of the saxophone, it can be brutal, man. As you know, well, we you, can go you, there. You later, don't. You don't want somebody to point it at you. That's, that's the exactly thing. You know, right. it's like that's that's exactly it's, right. it's 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 well, hot, it's hot coming it, off it, the bell. Really you know, is, it's, I struggle with right. it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so so yeah, the second year is like I I have to try out for drum major and get it because I don't want to march with that fucking horn in my mouth and I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but uh, you know it was the uh, the beginning of of my cultivating the the hatred of my peers because I was the uh, I was the first uh, eighth grade drum major. The right. school and, went and up to ninth are, grade, right, right. and All I knew I was going to leave the next year and go to Ben Franklin for ninth grade. So I figured I have to do it in eighth grade. So I tried out against two ninth graders and. And, 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 him, got him, and got, got, the, chair, got yeah. the, the position, <laughs> right. and all the ninth and graders resented like, the fuck uh, out that, of me for that little, it. That little shit, <laughs> that asshole. Yeah. But you know, again, I was—he thinks I was, he's hot shit. I was, Guess uh, what he is? I, I was, <laughs> I was stealing myself for the for the you know against the slings and arrows of of uh, people that I that it would my right. my my you know in, training. In, yes, yes, yes. I was toughening myself up in spite Absolutely. of how what a sensitive soul I am. I was I was just through desensitization I was uh, you know I was, I was <laughs> right. attaining you're, you're some trying some to get kind that of get, protective get the shell. armor kind of right, built right. up right right character yeah, armor yeah, exactly absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. anyway yeah. back to you Kevin um, okay. uh, you know it's because it's always uh, it's a uh, the <laughs> So on on the both the Trouble Men and the Feral Zone podcast, we we uh, our, our guests are like fuel for the fire. You know, we throw another right. one on and uh, we, awesome. We, so <laughs> so uh, but so we're so we're out here with you. Let's talk about your career, Sam. So so uh, 
you're in uh, Monroe, not West Monroe, right. and uh, you, you go to college. Now, it's it's, uh, it's at some point you wind up going to a very prestigious uh, uh, writers' workshop. Is that what it's called in in Iowa? Yeah, University of Iowa. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, University well, of Iowa. You're from uh, the Midwest. That's I'm how you from know that, about it. That part uh, of the writers' workshop. Now, uh, how how did how did you get into that? Uh, well, when I was uh, in uh, when I was still an undergraduate, uh, I was going to what was then called Northeast Louisiana University, which is much easier to say than University of Louisiana at Monroe. Uh, you know, and that's what it currently is, or that's what it sort of evolved to. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, yeah. when they renamed all the state schools. Yep. ULL. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those terrible acronyms. Are they acronyms? Alma. Alm. I go to Alm. So as an English major, I was writing poetry. I had a really good writing teacher, uh, Dev Hathaway, who's no longer with us, unfortunately. He's a beautiful cat, great teacher, great writer. Um, anyway, it's the first writing teacher I ever had who like knew his shit. Like had actual literary magazines that were published within the last. 50 years mm -hmm. you know <laughs> you mean there are still people living who write literature right. yeah you know um so it, it kind of opened my eyes and, and one thing he did at that school was bring in visiting writers mm -hmm. oh wow and one of the writers he brought in was the poet jory graham who is now a macarthur fellow and jory yeah, Jory Graham. Jory, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much uh, just a, a badass in the in the poetry world. Cool. Now, were you uh, writing prose as well, or, or uh, I mean, no, really? Uh, okay. I was really just into poetry. I was I was I was trying to write songs. Did you wear black? Oh, not smoke cigarettes. Not strictly. No, no. I we were always kind of. Sloppier and less formal about but it, but you were you into know? punk rock. I, I yes. read that, that ah, you yeah. were playing in punk rock bands, and yeah. that's that's it's yeah. such a common theme in, in so many of our guests that we have on the podcast. That whatever kind of art they're they're um, participating in now, so many people came out of the 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 DIY punk rock uh, yeah. ethic, and yeah. then and what that did that it 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 kind of prepared us all to uh do it yourself you know we saw these bands right. and that well like the ramones for instance you yes. know the ramones are, are not sophisticated but they're great right and you know it's like that's all you have to do is just start doing it and right it was very liberating for us to, yes. to see that so talk about that some um yeah you know i was uh what was i doing i had gone I'd gone to Louisiana Tech for a year, my sophomore year of college. It was before this writing teacher had come to Northeast. Uh, and I was kind of having a lost year, you know. Um, so just went back to my stepdad and my mom's house, who lived out in the country, out in Franklin Parish, southeast of Monroe. And I was working for my, my step-grandfather, he was a farmer, it's like getting up at like six in the morning, like, and it's already 88 degrees, you know. <laughs> and after like two weeks, I was like, ah, and I hadn't seen any money yet, uh -huh. you know. I was just like, hmm, maybe there's something else for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, well, 
I had some friends in Monroe who who uh, who were you know playing music, and they were wanting to put a band together. And for some reason, they were like, we were talking about it. And I was like, well, maybe I could be the singer, you know? Yeah, you'd never been a singer. Well, in my fir- very first musical experiment in high school, I was I was just the singer. Okay. We we had a grand repertoire of like nineteen Ramon songs and God Save the Queen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we played twice at my high school, and it was like it was like the fucking Beatles or something. Yeah. You know? Or that's what it felt like. Sure, sure. You, know? you were well received. I was very well received. Right. May yeah. <laughs> I say? Um, yeah. That's Suddenly, how I, girls looked at uh, at at Kevin uh, with a whole a whole new shine. There. That's how I met the girl who became my high school sweetheart. Tears are falling right now. Right. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was a tender moment. Um, but, you know, my very first time on stage, I was an Elvis impersonator. Wow. In third grade. This wow. is pre-mortem. Uh-huh. Pre-mortem Elvis. Right. But, you know, I was kind of, uh, I was tr- trying to meld all the periods together. Uh-huh. I was lip syncing to Jailhouse Rock, the, the original RCA recording, of course. But my mom had made me like a 70s. Jumpsuit? Jumpsuit. Nice. But I'll never forget, man, being up there and those footlights coming on and everything else is dark. I was like, oh, fuck. Terrifying, but absolutely thrilling, right? Yes. Never felt more alive in nine years of life. (laughs) And uh, I just remember coming off that stage, man, and the eighth grade cheerleaders were going on next. Uh, and the way they looked at me, I was just like, oh. <laughs> this could be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that always stuck with me. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, yeah, third grade, looking at the eighth grade, yeah, I was a little ambitious, I guess, but... But it was. It's the feeling. You, you right? saw the promise. Yeah, yeah. You saw the promise. You, yes. Right, thank you. Right. Right. Well the, put. The jumpsuit, uh, Elvis. Were you a little chubby? Or? <laughs> no, not as no, not as much as I am now. Uh, I still have the jacket. Actually, it's right lost. Oh. It's lost some rhinestones, unfortunately. But right. I still have the jacket. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I always say that that nobody does what we do uh, because they're a well-adjusted uh, <laughs> uh, and, and comfortable person. You know, it's a it's a terrifying prospect what we what we engage in. You know, you expose yourself uh, to situations you can't control completely um, uh, in front of people whose reactions you can't control. And you do it voluntarily, yes. and for the sure. the simple payoff of the adoration of strangers. Yes, and only a damaged person would <laughs> would go through that. And so it's apparently so. It's it's something that we all bond over, and it's something we never speak of. But when I ever say this out loud, everyone. <laughs> Everyone that I say it to goes, oh, yeah, no, that's oh, very yeah, true. that makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's what I I'm doing. I just don't, I just like don't verbalize yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we were at that first rehearsal and uh, for, to, to run your material. Right. And, uh, you know, you had just met us. We had spoken on the phone a couple of times, and the Iguanas had practiced your songs, but without you, you know, without a singer. So we're like, well, we'll see what Kevin, what really goes down happen, when he's yeah. doing it. 
and then we had the first rehearsal with you and and you know it was like a first rehearsal uh you know like with professionals it, real professionals the rehearsal is never uh, the, like the gig is what everybody's saving it for you know <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly. practice yes. you talking about yeah. practice <laughs> right we're talking well, about the game man i'm talking about the gig <laughs> yeah. this is, uh, yeah. you know right. this is practice right. man right. But, so we had to practice and uh, i could see you're like looking you're sc- looking at the ground a lot scratching your head and <laughs> we're all kind of just <laughs> thinking yeah oh, how is this okay. gonna work this and yeah gonna how is this gonna uh, how is this gonna flesh out i was yeah. processing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely and then, so as we all were you know and then a- after yeah, the, after the rehearsal we we had some some observations that we all kind of you know f- uh, just voiced and fleshed out and we got to uh, you know made a couple of shifts and then <laughs> then got to the first gig and and the first gig was way better than the rehearsal yes uh, way you know like yes, uh, it's like oh okay uh, yeah this is gonna work and then you know the first gig was good second, second gig was even better yeah. way better than getting, the first they're gig. all getting better and yeah. and yeah. really yeah. the third gig was the first time when we played on a stage where you could really hear the sound on stage the first right. two rooms they were very cavernous yes. um they sound good out in the audience but it's just not not, not the, the most luxurious stage yeah. sound right but we finally got to uh to the uh, natalie's there uh, in uh, columbus. in columbus love and, natalie and all we, right we could all hear each other and we really played with uh, some great nuance and and sensitivity yeah. and Yes. I can see your turn around going, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, this is what we're going for, yeah, man. Yeah. It just, really you know. did make a difference. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you got you to gotta know the terrain. You got to be able to hear right. to, uh, to react because it's a, yeah. you know, it's otherwise you just, uh, it's paint by the numbers, you know, and sure. you, you can do that. You don't want to have to. and. Yeah. So it's 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 nice, and then then since then these the the gigs have well last night was like an actual bar room that we played. Yeah, uh, right. The energy was killing. It was from awesome because the they were right there, right there, just a funky old bar. Yeah, yeah so nice. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Those sp- things are kind of disappearing. You know that even mm-hmm. uh, that just that type of room. You right. Know? Yeah. There's not a lot of them left. No, man. We could use a few more New Orleans. Yeah, right. Really good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, we're we're hit, hitting a couple of them out here, so yep. that's that's been that's fun. been good. Yeah, been yeah, very yeah. Fun. Wow. yeah. So anyway, we were talking about uh, uh, you uh, being going to the to to the Iowa uh, oh, write, yeah. writers workshop. Right. So you you go through punk rock, yes, and you're talking about your first uh, uh, performance in front of uh, people and 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 <laughs> and, and, the, Elvis. and and the, right. the, the 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 reaction from the females the, and and to right. that you had a a whole other level of worth that they had not theretofore uh, perceived. It seemed that way to me. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what the reality was, frankly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but sometimes that's enough to go on. You sure. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're all just, just uh, you know, gra- uh, grasping uh, at, at, uh, at, at threads. Uh, for and, you know, the poetry thing, it's like these visiting writer things. One of the things that happened was you could schedule a private conference with the visiting writer. Oh. So I had a conference with Jory, and you sent them your work ahead of time, and they read over it, and then you know they, you meet in an office somewhere, and they go, "Okay, look, kid, you know, here's the deal," you know. Right. And you know, Jory at, at that time was a, she was a very attractive woman, still is, very beautiful, mm-hmm. most intelligent human I have ever encountered. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, to be 
you know, 20 and, and go into this office and sit down with this woman who immediately starts talking to you about your work in a way that nobody ever has ever and like levels of complexity or, you know, seeming complexity mm -hmm. that's just blowing your mind open. Nice. And then she goes, you should come to Iowa. Ooh. And I said, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll be, I'll be right there. I will. Okay. <laughs> I will come to Iowa. Yes. I will. Yeah. And, you know, slacker that I was, I think I let all the other deadlines for applications pass than, other than my Iowa application uh -huh. for, for grad school. Thankfully, I got in, you know. Nice, uh, nice. Well, you know, sometimes you, you uh, through neglect or, or, or whatever, you, you, uh, you cancel out all other options that you're not really interested in pursuing anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. True. True. It definitely simplified things. Right. Mm. Uh, so you followed her out there to Iowa, and uh, you had a good experience there? You, so uh, to speak. Uh, he didn't follow him. She didn't. Yeah. Well, he, she invited him, and he, he went. He so, went. What, yeah. you know, right. characterize that how you will. No. He kind of, he sort of went. No, wow. I, I was, I was, uh, you know, you weren't stalking her. No, no, yeah, that, right. no. Yeah, that's, that's, but at that time, it wasn't you, creepy. You know, they were getting like several hundred applications a year, and they were letting in thirty people. So I felt wow, like, yeah. okay, this is what I'm doing. Good for you. Because that's I got great. in. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I don't mean. Now, how important is that to when someone of, of this kind of stature singles you out? It was, uh, I mean, she was a big influence on me. And once I got to Iowa City, it was like, you know, okay, one of the best bookstores in the country is five blocks from my front door, you know. Um, you know, and about six months later, I meet somebody else who influences me greatly, Bo Ramsey, great. Uh, guitar Ramsey player, and the sliders. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, sure, it's a Midwestern thing. Uh, he's an Iowa guy. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. He used to tour. Around. Does he still play? He's still around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He lives in Iowa City. Did you uh, get to know him on a musical level then yeah. as well? Yeah, we. Um, you know, they used to have those uh, horrid uh, blues jams on Monday nights. You know, in some of the bars in Iowa City, and Who's I was nest. Was that there? Oh, yeah, that was still there, yeah. Um, and I, I went to one of these things, I guess, because I was, I was tired of playing. I had, a, I had a, a Gretsch that I thought I liked at the time. It was my guitar. Is that a girl? Oh. And, and I, was, I would put, I had the Freddie King uh, instrumentals on, you know, the double album of those instrumentals. Right. So I would, when I wasn't, you know, in some class talking about, you know, some Stanzas. kind of literary theory or something. I was I was listening to Freddie King records and trying to cop some of those licks. Nice, but at some point, you know, you feel like okay, I've got to go outside. Yes, <laughs> some application, real world application. Otherwise, this doesn't really yeah. make much sense. Otherwise, you're just a guy alone in your bedroom <laughs> playing the guitar. Yes. <laughs> so I started going to these jams, and uh, one night I just got up. And sang a song, and Ramsey was playing guitar in the house band. And uh, you know, he called me the next day, Kevin, Bo Ramsey. <laughs> you know, and he has that way of talking, very understated, very mm -hmm. like. Mm. And uh, so we got together. I was kind of like, 
okay, let, let's get together. Let's have a coffee. It was very, very serious, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up uh, playing, and he was putting a, a band together at that time. So you were a slider? Yes. <laughs> Even though we, what did we call it then? I think he wanted his name off of it, so it was just the sliders for okay. a while right. when I was in the band. Yeah. Because we kind of split. Well, he still did fronted most of the stuff, but I... I would do three or four songs a set, you know. Sure. And I was just starting to write songs that were more in the sort of how you say roots. Yes. Milieu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Maybe not as like sort of not as blues based. I was still thinking about poetry a lot. Songs I wrote when I was back in Monroe, you know, I was frying a what stood for a punk rock band, what what was called a punk rock band. So it was very much more edgy, mm-hmm. sound a lot like X, you know, oh, nice. sometimes in not so flattering ways. Um, <laughs> how out of tune can I sing this next line? In order to <laughs> Going el- for the Xine uh, yeah. thing? <laughs> el- elicit more emotion uh-huh. from, from the drunken listener, um, that sort of thing. Um, and I, that said, I, I still love that band, and I, I oh, think yeah. they're very important. Um, I saw them actually... The first time I saw them was in New Orleans at Jimmy's. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I had a weird interaction with them. Like, we, we, me and my buddies were staying in the same hotel they were, and their bus had broken down in the parking lot. That's how we knew they were staying there. And uh, we bribed the desk clerk to, to give us one of their phone numbers, one of their, their room, room numbers. numbers. And my friend Robert called one of these rooms and ends up talking t- to John Doe. And he's like... It was like no big deal. Right. And we were like, what? Because all, you know, we were from Monroe. All we had were these albums. And we're like, whoa, you know, boy, the power, the glory, you know. These people make records, you know. And oh, yeah. they invited us down to the sound check. So, oh, nice. my God, we were on fire. We <clears throat> rode down there and walked in, and the doors were open, Jimmy's, and listened to him sound check. And, you know, we were all about ready to die and then uh john doe comes outside and he's drinking a dixie beer Mm -hmm. and he hands me the dixie beer can and it's got a little beer left in it Mm -hmm. so i drink the rest of the dixie beer Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah i think i still have the fucking can yeah (laughs) we know that feeling nice Nice. yeah it was hilarious anyway i I digress well, uh, it reminds me, one time, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, a few years ago, uh, and we're going to, after the story, we take a little break here and, uh, and refresh our cocktails, but, but uh, the Iguanas were invited to play at uh, Todd Stock when they had the Todd Rundgren gathering of, of his fans at... Uh, and it's that, also his birthday party, It was too. his birthday party, yeah. right, right, wow. at the, one of those uh, plantations. I can't remember the, which, do you remember which plantation? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of those plantations on the river that's, that's, yeah. that's still there, and that was yeah. like a big camp out thing, and yeah. and uh, we were we were hired to to play at the birthday party for Todd. Exactly. So cool. we're playing, which was insane. And Todd is there. Todd's there, oh, and with, with all right of his in front of us, all of his fans. Yeah. Wow. And, watching us like and, from here to and, that. And we're all huge right Todd Rundgren fans, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh and there he is, uh eating his cake and opening presents and uh somebody gives him 
like an AARP t-shirt, I think, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and uh and and he's like, Oh, this is so cool. And he whips his shirt off in, and puts the AARP t-shirt on in front of all these <laughs> yeah. people, you know. Uh yeah. he's like, a good sport. So, so cool, yeah. man. So yeah. so, so so they they we finish our set and uh and we're loading Todd, out. Todd, we're yeah. loading out and they everybody leaves because Todd is now going to go do his own solo set, and this is when he had like this electronica kind of record right. out. You yeah. know, it was a weird show, yeah. but uh, I, I was watching this the the seat that he had been sitting in, and I saw well that's Todd's piece of cake there. You know, <laughs> so I go get the piece of cake, and I was like, I start eating, and I was like, Hey Joe, you want to want a bite of Todd's cake? And he well, goes, He goes, well, No, you said this. Here's how it went down. He goes, Joe, do you want a bite of this t- birthday cake? And I, at the time, I wasn't eating flour. I was kind of on this gluten free kick, yeah. and 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 Renee offers me this cake. And no, and, and I, yes, I, for well, sure. I no. said, Do you would you want a, a you want piece a of, of, of Todd's birth, well, birthday cake? Right, and you then, said no. I, I said, said no. You go. But, I said no. no this is Todd's, Todd's piece of yes, birthday exactly. cake. That's right. And yeah, he goes, said, "Oh well, yes." Like, oh, yeah. his, his fork, his piece of cake. I like. Yeah, oh. I'll have a piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh yeah, I'm easy. You know. So, like, so yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. yeah right. Man. And uh, so, Trouble Nation, uh, on that note, uh, we're going to take a little break, and uh, we all know what to do. Uh, Go, uh, you know, fix yourself another cocktail or have a cup of coffee, whatever you need to do. Uh, Call your mom, and uh, we'll be right back. Buy a bottle, get to feeling good. The world's looking like you think it should. Happy hour, everyone's your friend. Closing time, sugar, you're down again. Up in the morning and you face this town You walk the same streets up and down A fire burning in your worn out shoes Every day you got something to prove Curb feelers and family skirts Scrub the coma till your elbow hurts Pinstripes and cherry packs Grass stands on your second hand slacks Keep on betting, think you're gonna win Dress it up and try to pretend Cars a car and that's a fact But a dual slam a quarter in no Cadillac Uncle Johnny hypochondriac He thinks his headache is a heart attack Bring me down a couple more pills I call a lawyer up and change my will A ham sandwich and a glass of tea A lunch is cheap but never free A shaking hands and scratching backs Grass stains on your second hand slacks Keep on betting, think you're gonna win You can dress it up and try to pretend Cause a car and that's a fact But a dual sound a quarter ain't no Cadillac Until it looks brand new The curb 
has a car and that's a fact But a goose and a quarter ain't no Cadillac Cause a car and that's a fact 